Bobby and I are super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. I love the look and comfort of my new Oakley glasses. The lenses are like nothing I've ever experienced with their prism lens technology. These lenses protect my sun-sensitive blue eyes, but somehow also make colors even more vibrant and details even more clear. And let me tell you, Oakleys, they are popular in my household as both my sons argue over who gets to borrow my glasses. They both play outdoor sports and they know Oakley is the best for training. Plus, I think they want to look a little bit like Lamar Jackson, who is also sponsored by Oakley. Now, my personal favorite pair is from the HSTN collection. I've literally been wearing mine every day since I got them. So let me tell you what you should do. Head on over to oakley.com right now and get yourself a pair of glasses that will change your look for the better. But don't just trust me. Try them for yourself. Go to oakley.com for more information today. Welcome back into the vault. It is Thursday, June 29th. I'm Bobby Trossett, joined by my co-host, Sarah Ellison. And this episode is brought to you by our monthly title sponsor, Tanner Mashburn. Okay, (laughs) we're getting close to the start of a new month. And of course, training camp just under a month away at this point. But we actually have a pretty jam-packed episode, partner. And we got to start with Ravens Wired. I mean... Ravens Productions, as you know, having spent over a decade in-house, super talented group of you know videographers and editors and just storytellers, really. And uh, their most recent release was really, I'd say, you know, insightful and revealing to what minicamp and just the off-season activities uh, that have taken place at one winning drive over the last several weeks. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. Some sometimes the wired stuff. I mean, I know they have to pull a ton of stuff out. (laughs) There's like a lot that has to get approved before it meets all of our eyes. But uh, so sometimes it doesn't have a ton of, you know, revealing stuff. And then other times it's really insightful. And in this case, it was. Uh, It's about 20 minutes long. Certainly worth the watch if if you have it. But um, we'll kind of go through the highlights, at least what we thought were highlights. And for me, the, the top thing that stands out while watching this is that Todd Munkin, he's a star. And and you don't always say that about coaches. You, you say that about players, but um, maybe it's coming from so many years of having, you know, an offensive coordinator that's so low-key. As you said, he's kind of – or is um, uh, in our interview with Jeff Zriebeck, which won't be released until Wednesday of next week. I mean, he talked about, you know uh, – Todd, not Todd Munkin, um, Greg Roman being guarded and Todd Munkin. It just, it's so hard not to get excited when you listen to him talk. And so we've pulled a few clips to just kind of give you a taste of that so that we're all, so that we can all kind of see what players and all the reporters that are there at minicamp to really get an idea of what they're saying. I mean, it just, he, he pumps you up. Yeah. And I think like, when you say star too, I feel like it's important to differentiate in the sense that like when I think of stars, sometimes they're kind of like, you know, boisterous in your face types of like, not exactly like um, unassuming, you know, and and in Todd's case, like 
yeah, he like commands and earns a certain respect, but he's he is kind of like he's so all business that he's not like Wink Martindale grabbing sound bites during media availability, right. right? Yeah. But he's but there's there's just there's a different blend of like in all seriousness but all business and it's just this this certain type of respect level uh, that he commands. And so anyway, let's go through some of the sound bites again courtesy of Ravens Productions of of Todd behind the scenes. It happens in the NFL, but it really happens in college. Like we started to realize, guys, if we don't spit the ball in the perimeter, if we don't get our skill guys involved, we'll never be the team we can be. How do we get guys in the right spots? How do we make sure that we're doing everything in our power to get this guy here and enough of those plays where we don't give it away? If we got this guy that can do this, if we got this guy that can do this, yeah, I'd love to have Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. You never have to change. That's a rarity, man. How do, you, how do you move guys around and get them in the right spots and utilize what you have? Right? Don't worry about what you don't have. What do you have? What do you have? What can they do? What can we utilize their skill? I love Coach Todd. <laughs> He's full of energy. He always makes sure you got energy, makes sure you're running from place to place. I love his energy. He brings energy every day to practice to keep the team going and keep the offense going. Yeah, and so like the background of those, those sound clips is um, Todd Munkin is they had like a coaching clinic. And so there were coaches kind of from all over the country that came to uh, the Ravens facility. And so uh, they, they also pulled some clips from coaches from from all around the country, college level, um, all that kind of stuff. And and so he's talking to these college coaches. And I just love that first tidbit where he's like, we realized, you know, that we have to attack the perimeter and and he's like, we've got to do it with our skill positions. And he's just like, we've got to do it. Which I'm excited to see because the Ravens have been such a, you know, attack the middle of the field and they've been successful at that and you will continue to do it, I'm sure. But you want to attack all parts of the field. And so I love what he's talking about there. And then the second part of that clip before Zay talks about how much he loves Todd is just like this idea. He's like, listen, we're not all going to have superstars all the time. And what coach is worth his salt if that's all he has? You know, like, um, uh, you know, Bill Belichick was really good with Tom Brady. And yeah, even even John Harbaugh, he plays better when he had a Hall of Famer like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And, and now you've got um, Lamar Jackson, but, it, you know, it hasn't all come together yet. And part of it, I feel like, is the last couple years – the Ravens have been trying to like fit people into a specific Greg Roman scheme. And now it's almost the complete opposite where it's like, well, let's see who we have and let's adapt to them. And he's like, like he said, we're not going to have stars all the time. And it'd be nice to just be able to do what we just run, what we run, run what we know, but that's not what we can do. And so we've heard a lot about his ability to adapt to players and you could hear we're gonna have to yet to see it on the field with the Ravens. We've seen it on the field with his other teams. Um, but to hear him talk about it and the passion with which he talks about it kind of makes you energized. Speaking of feeling energized, too, we all know that you know players like creative offenses, and I couldn't help but notice the slide where he was, you know, kind of in the middle of that his presentation. Uh, where where one of the bullet points is trick plays. 
I was like, oh, okay. That's not something we saw a ton of, you know, throughout the Greg Roman era. And when we did see them, they didn't typically, you know, they weren't too memorable. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's interesting because remember, I think I did a personal video on this on my YouTube channel within the last month or so of Odell quote tweeting the NFL um, of some past trick plays that he had been a part of it in, in past, you know, teams and, and whatnot past offenses that, that he'd been a participant on it. And, and uh, he kind of alluded to the fact that there could be some coming down the, uh, the pike in Baltimore. So well, that's we enough to wet your whistle, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. And we're, we didn't pull the clip because there was just too much to pull from, but he specifically talks about um, that bullet point that you're saying that's on the, on the slide. And he's like, he's like, listen, I'm actually not much of a chick trick play guy because by the yeah. way, if you run a trick play and it backfires, like you look like a fool. It's the coach that looks like a fool, right? Like if, if like tricked nobody and you know, I'm just thinking of the James Prochet interception, uh, you know, in the end zone. And, um, but he says, I'm not much of a trick play guy. He goes, but I do it, you know, three or four times a year. I put them in. He goes, because it makes the players happy. Like these guys are putting their bodies on the line all the time and it's just such a routine. And he's like, you know, we can do this three or four times a year and we can try to be successful at it. And we got to just those three or four times a year, but more than anything, I think he's just like understanding what it's like to be a player and why not throw them a bone to have something that's different. That's has something that's fun. That kind of highlights something different. And so again, that's adapting to the players. That's like, trying to play to them so that this game isn't just work, but it's also fun. Player friendly is what we heard all throughout the process, right? When we were doing those, those different interviews that we did with, you know, George, the Georgia former quarterback Hudson. I remember doing that after Todd was, was hired and a bunch of deep dives and we kept, we kept running into, yeah, he's player friendly. He's player friendly. Mm-hmm. And this is just the latest example. Another example of maybe not necessarily being player friendly per se, but understanding what Baltimore's done well is how he acknowledged that running the football is an absolute must. How much do you juggle between being balanced with trying to be explosive? I truly believe that you can't control the game if you can't run the football. You can't. You can't control the game. You, you, you're not. You, you don't have a toughness. Your helmet doesn't represent something. The ability to run the football, right? You have to be able to run it. Now that's more like it, Sarah. Can everybody <laughs> calm down now? There will be balance, and J.K. will be utilized this year, along with Gus, along with Justice. They aren't just going to be high flying. <laughs> well, yes, and and I like the way he explained it. Uh, you know, again, that uh, the opening question was from another coach. These are f- from guys who are trying to solve this all the time. And, and uh, you know, it's just like, yeah, is it better to be balanced or explosive? And I, I just don't think that I, I've heard it explained in those terms. I mean, maybe we've always heard that the Ravens are, and the AFC North is this black and blue division. It's like who hits harder. And so for him to say um, that, you know, he's like, I truly believe that the way you, you control a game or you can't control a game without running the football and he and he and he makes it almost a brand, right? Each player almost uh, has a brand. Lamar has a brand. OBJ has a brand. But like that, he's saying that logo on your helmet has a brand. And this game is not a finesse game. 
This game is hitting. This game can be violent. And part of the way that you just take the life out of your opponent is by trampling them. And so, um, yeah, so if you want to control a game, you just have to, like, snatch souls, right? Especially that's uh, that's on offense. That's the only thing he can do on offense to control a defense because the defense is always hitting you. So this is your opportunity to hit the defense back, run them over rather than always running away from him. And so I really like the way he explained that, that, like, yes, as much as you want to pass and I'm not get, saying that the Ravens absolutely need to learn, like pick up their passing game, but you can't lose that brand of football. Um, not just, not just from a, Hey, this is who we are standpoint, but from a, Hey, we're going to control you standpoint and we're going to snatch your soul. And after we've done that through the running game, then we're going to pass all over you. It sure seems like as a teacher, just like very generally speaking, you know, teaching his principles, teaching, uh, his scheme that he believes in as he installs this new offense that he's doing so at a, yeah, at a very high level, but as a, but at a level that's relatable, you know, you heard Zay kind of speak to it and Zay is a what 22, 23 year old rookie coming out of Boston college who seems like, and granted, yeah, it's, you know, it's June and Ravens wired is obviously going to be, um, filtered and whatnot and and everything's happy right now and everybody thinks they're going to the Super Bowl right now but at the same time you know we've seen Todd now in several different environments right we, we've seen him now in his essentially at his throne right like in his um where he's best in the film room at in media availability at the podium and it just seems like as a teacher you know that that he can find ways uh, to be relatable. And I don't know if Greg necessarily, and, and you hate to, again, it's, it's too early to make any judgments written in ink per se, but I, I'm starting to see that there's a receptiveness uh, to Todd Munkin when it comes to the guys that he's teaching. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you do at this, at this point, we're wondering, is this the honeymoon stage? Because you, you know, right. are moving away from one kind of personality and one way of doing it into another. Is this the honeymoon stage or is this like long lasting? Is this like somebody that you're just going to command? Res- he's going to command respect over years and, and you can still want to listen to him in the midst of maybe some losing or stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how long lasting this is, but certainly this type of energy and this type of teaching, this type of creativity, this type of passion is exactly what the Ravens needed in this moment, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, Bobby, just a couple of quick other notes. <clears throat> Todd Munkin was certainly uh, something that stood out to us, but there were some other fun tidbits in there. Like I liked watching T. Martin, who's now moved over from wide receiver coach to quarterback coach. It was kind of cool to see him and Lamar and their relationship, you know, they were watching film together and talking back and forth in one kind of clip. And then T says to Lamar at one point, he goes, you know, you should be ticked off if you don't throw accurate passes every day. And, you know, he just, I don't know, there was a, a nice rapport between those two. So that's something to watch out for when you watch it. And then Keith Williams, who's an assistant wide receiver coach, he was cracking me up for sure. Uh, there's this moment where <laughs> OBJ is in a... um is just doing a routine like individual drill 
and he gets a pass thrown to him. And we've seen the highlight of it. He just catches it with his fingertips in one hand. And then Keith, of course, is wired. And he's like, oh, oh, I love that type of stuff. And just keep saying it. I love that. Type <laughs> of, I love that type of stuff. And then all the wide receivers on the side, probably led by James Prochet, by the way, were like, no, you don't. No, you don't love that stuff. And clearly he's taught them. Two like, hands. Two hands. <laughs> yeah, get two, get two hands on that. Prochet is so upset. You see him like taking off his chin straps and takes off his helmet. No, you don't care. No, you don't like it. So Keith's like, well, only from him, only for him. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. I mean, OBJ, like there's just this aura about him everywhere. And he, he also commands respect, including from his wide receivers coach. And then also later on Keith Williams, when you see uh, David Ojabo, he's doing drills and Keith Williams, who obviously isn't even on defense isn't even <clears throat> on the defensive line. He's with receivers, but he's kind of caught on the mic being like, oh, that 90 boy, he liked that. He liked that. So tons of buzz coming out, obviously, about David Ojabo. So who knows? Again, it's like you said, this is all exciting times. Everybody's going to the Super Bowl. I mean, most everybody's going to the Super Bowl. I mean, some people like Arizona are already rebuilding for 2024, but most teams feel like they're going to the Super Bowl. So uh, but right now in June, I say we just eat all this content up and have fun, and uh, then we'll see where it goes come training camp in the season. The Vault is sponsored by Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. And I know for me, I've been rocking the prism black polarized lenses this summer, and I'm loving them so far. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run? Do you golf? Maybe you train or perhaps you just want to look like Lamar Action Jackson. If any of the above is true, you got to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self. Really, it's an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. And here on The Vault, we're all about look good, feel good, perform good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. And hey, since it's officially summer, you may want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. So go visit oakley.com to find yourself a pair today. Oakley offers prism lens technology, which is a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, Get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye, but don't just trust Sarah and I. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can confidently say that Oakley's not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. So head on over to oakley.com for more information today. I want to go back to relatability for a second because... You know, you mentioned T. Martin and you mentioned he and Lamar working closely together, obviously, as as quarterback and quarterbacks coach, respectively, for the first season. And with all due respect to James Urban, you know, T played the position at a very high level and won a national championship for Tennessee back in the day. So I'll be curious to see, you know, how that relationship evolves together. Um, and then when you talk about unconventional hires, Keith Williams is that Chuck Smith is that, you know, mm -hmm. Keith has been around now for, for a season or two in Baltimore. This is Chuck's first, first time, but what's, and by the way, Chuck is obviously on the, on the defensive side, uh, outside linebackers coach Keith is, is uh, on the pass game side where I draw the comparison is that, 
you know, their coaching backgrounds weren't traditional. They were non-traditional before John Harbaugh hired them. I want to see if that pays dividends because, you know, for, from a relatability standpoint, I guess that's been the word of the podcast so far on my end. I, I think that the fact that Keith specifically has worked with Devontae Adams over the years, um, that's got to give him a certain kind of cachet, a certain kind of you know street cred in the locker room. And Chuck Smith has also worked with some of the best out there. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Von Miller invites him to his annual uh, pass rush summit. So these dudes... Yes, they have non-traditional coaching backgrounds, but I think Harbs might be onto something in terms of this new wave of specialists versus coaches solely based on, uh, yeah, of course, their ability and their background and their experience and their football acumen. But what will they, the relationships that they have, what the, they'll form with with the guys because of their 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 relationships around the league with stars, you know, that, they, that they've helped develop. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good word for it. There's like coaches and then there's specialists because a lot of these coaches just move around to different positions. They're all trying to like work their way up into higher positions, you know, uh, and get into coordinators. So like, um, you know, we saw that we've seen that with like, uh, I mean, I could bring up a, a ton of examples. And so, yeah, they're definitely more specialists, which I think help players more with technique. You know, you have like a McDonald who didn't really play at a high level. Right. And kind of like worked his way up, but then became a, a coordinator super quick because he can see the whole game, right. He can see the X's and O's of it and put things together. But then somebody like a Chuck Smith or, or a Keith Williams, they can come in and be like, okay, but this is the technique for a wide receiver. This is a technique T Martin. This is a technique for a quarterback, like more of that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's a good point from you. Um, so switching gears here, head into a different topic. So we were going to like lead with this first until um, <clears throat> Ravens wired came out, but there were videos and pictures emerging from um, Amani Spence, who is Lamar Jackson's uh, personal trainer. So pictures and videos of Lamar and Zay flowers working out together in the hot sun of South Florida. Both those guys are from down there. So, I mean, we just broke from mandatory mini camp last week and uh, this is like their vacation time, but nice to see Lamar and Zay getting together down on the beach down down there, developing chemistry. Lamar said he would get together with some guys. It's tough to get everybody at once, but now he's done. He's done it with Nelson Aguilar. He's now doing it with Zay. Uh, so it's nice to see those two guys coming together. Yeah, and this guy Spence Fit, you know that you mentioned. He and Lamar have worked together for a while, and there's a Louisville connection. Mm -hmm. um, he used to be a, a Louisville wide re wide receiver, so that's how he and Lamar, you know, first met each other through through the Cardinals tie there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, man, there's nothing like a beach workout, you know. And so <laughs> yeah. seeing these guys, you know, with weighted vests and and Lamar having a weighted belt on, and and Zay getting in routes i mean it's it's tough to work out and and have clean cuts and move laterally and move straight line speed in the sand so i thought that was awesome these do i mean it's hot down there right now this is late june in in south florida you know so i wouldn't be surprised if if odell joins them at some point he did tease that a couple weeks ago during mandatory minicamp um we did see him he is at the time of this taping he is in South Florida. He was working an event 
uh, for Fanatics. We know he's good friends with CEO uh, Michael Rubin. And DJ Khaled was down there as well. They were participating in a charity event. A bunch of kids were involved. OBJ literally looked like the president of the United States. These kids were all over him. And it looks like they're gearing up for a golf tournament as well and doing a bunch of um, videography. So lots going on down in South Florida now, but I think we're all waiting for when OBJ and Lamar, that that off-season beach content comes out, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, there, there's really not even like much substance behind it. I mean, it's nice to see your quarterback and your new first round wide receiver working out together. Like that's all nice. How much of an impact that's going to have come September, October, who knows? I mean, it certainly can't hurt, but having said that, I think a real, a real takeaway from watching those videos um, was just how healthy both Lamar and flowers are because for as you said with those you know weighted it's like he's dragging that that those weights or that sled or whatever that you know whatever it is he's got dragging behind him i've i've i'm sure we've all tried to run on beach sand before it's not easy and then lamar and zay are doing it with you know these weights behind them they're dragging the weights in the sand so for me you know, the Ravens had, were kind of making taking things slow with Lamar at practice. So, yeah, you assume he's healthy, but you don't know. He wasn't really going hard. So to see him with that PCL running like that in the beach, okay, I'm feeling like he's 100%. And then remember, Zay missed some time um, during mandatory minicamp um, with, you know, a soft tissue tweak, which in Baltimore, that's like PTSD because it seems like all these wide receivers have like these soft, tissue issues in June and it was like, Oh, okay. They'll be fine by training camp. And then they're not, but it's clear, you know, that the Zay is doing just fine with the cuts I was seeing, uh, you know, there, they, they also not only on the beach, they were throwing passes on a field. So, uh, watching him cut, I was like, okay, yeah, Zay's fine. And Lamar's fine. For sure. I mean, running on sand, I feel like tests your, your dexterity like your flexibility. So to see both those guys, especially Lamar, given, you know, obviously the ankle last year, that was really encouraging. But again, I mean, you know, we're, we're not, we want to continue to underscore that. I mean, you know, we're not getting ahead of ourselves here. You know, let's wait till, till camp comes around to make a lot of these judgments. So let's shift gears though. Oh, I'm making a judgment on his foot. He looks good. I'm I'm feeling good. And by the way, I said PCL. That was the two year ago one. No, I feel good saying Lamar's healthy. I feel good about that. I don't feel like I'm jumping the gun on that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to see how they they match up when you know the pads come on. That's all. Oh yeah, how 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 they look together and how they'll pass together. I don't know, but I'm I'm feeling good from a health standpoint. Yeah, the eye test. They're they're more than passing the eye test right now. Let's see what happens come, you know, come late July and their durability and whatnot. But this this next topic, this is this surprised me to be on our, you know, across our desk because this is pretty random. But anyway, Calvin Austin the third apparently is on a mission to make AFC North rivals again, or maybe perhaps even revitalize the rivalry that we all know is one of the most storied in the game between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. What the heck is going on here? <laughs> This one kind of cracks me up a little bit. So it feels random, but I'll explain the background and why it's coming up now. So Calvin Austin was a drafted wide receiver to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022. Okay, but 
during, I believe, training camp last year, he suffered an injury to his foot. And then when he tried to come back, he had a setback. I think it was a Liz Frank, by the way. I'm telling you, the worst injury that there is out there. Nope, um, nope. So he loses his entire rookie season. And when that happens, same, in Pitts, same thing happens in Baltimore. You don't hear from these guys forever, right? It's just like they're kind of... You know, kind of in the background, in the back of your mind that he's there, but, you, you know, it's not like he's doing media all the time. So now he's close to being 100%, and he does an interview um, with uh, Brian Botko. Okay, he's over at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And, you know, they're talking about his health and all that kind of stuff, but <laughs> while he's being interviewed, the 2022 draft comes up. Now, if we remember, there was a report that came out all the way back then and that um, the Ravens were going to pick Calvin Austin. And they were going to pick him with the 139th overall pick in the fourth round. But Mike Tomlin and the Steelers picked him up at 138 instead. Okay. But here's the kicker. Remember, the Ravens had a ton of fourth round picks. So they also could have gotten him at 130. They didn't need to wait till 139. So that gave the Steelers an opening to steal him. So, do we remember who the Ravens got at 130? It's Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, it's Jordan Stout, right? So, this comes up in his interview with Botko. And <laughs> here's his quote from from Calvin Austin. He says, "Man, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't I haven't been thinking about that." It's wild. It's one of those things where, you know, obviously I'm blessed and I'm just so 100% glad that I came here. I'd be lying if I said that that hasn't been on my mind since the draft, since that story came out. Then he goes on to say, and he says, it's personal. But that will all be settled out, Lord willing. This year and the times we see them, I just have it circled, meaning the Ravens game on the calendar. I just have it circled crazy. A punter, huh? <laughs> so oh, he's upset that the Ravens chose a punter over him. Uh, but I mean, every team passed on him several times. So <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like Jordan Stout has been working out pretty good. And Calvin Austin, by the way, he's kind of a, he's kind of in the mold of Zay Flowers, kind of a smaller dude that's fast and shifty. I think he had like one of the fastest combine speeds in the 40 maybe that year. Um, but yeah, he's... <laughs> He's bitter. Yeah, you know what? These these dudes are the the one percenters of the world, right? Of as professional athletes. So whatever you gotta do for self-motivation uh seems a little I don't know if petty's the right word or or a little much, but but hey, uh, what, what whatever you gotta do. The Ravens knew that Sam Cook's career, you know, was coming to an end at some point. So, you know, they felt like they got great value. You know, even though to some, maybe outside of Baltimore, that that don't understand the importance of you know special teams in John Harbaugh's eyes and the consistency and really the brilliance that's been the excellence that that special teams has been over his tenure as head coach. Maybe they saw that as sort of a surprise, uh, but they felt like they got one of the best, if not the best, punters in the entire draft, and it's it's worked out pretty well. You know, and and of course Sam has stayed on. We, we, we have a great interview coming up next week with Nick Moore, long snapper, who gave some good insight into, you know, the new Wolfpack, if you will, Justin, Nick, and, and of course, Jordan. So, um, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, what you got to do? Like any bulletin yeah. board material you need, go right ahead. It just seems like it's not something you def- you necessarily need to share, you know? Well, it's kind of like, I guess it's kind of like, you know, Lamar got passed over several times in the first round. He was number 32 and like he arguably is better than or, you know, on the same tier as Josh Allen, but better than the other three quarterbacks that was drafted ahead of him. And I'm sure a lot of the other players that were at other positions. Um, but it's just kind of funny because the Ravens had one, two, three, four, five, six picks in the fourth round. So I'm not hating that they took a punter, but um, I, I I really don't think anybody would make it a big deal. I mean, I could see how it'd be like, oh, that sucks a a punter got picked over me, but I don't think anybody would even really make it a big deal if he didn't, you know what I mean? So, sure. um, sure. yeah, but whatever I'm, I'm with you players do it all the time. Ravens players do it all the time. It's like, Oh, I got, you know, I got passed over and I'm going to make him pay type of a thing. Oh, heck yeah. I always tell my brother TJ's in the middle of, of interviewing right now in New York. He just graduated from college uh, last month and, He's, you know, he's training back and forth between our hometown, about three hours outside of, of the city and, and, you know, just working his butt off and he's getting a lot of denials, you know, M- much like a lot of us did right out of school, you know, and you're waiting for the right opportunity. And, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't always work out. And, and obviously you have a competitive pool of, of people always with these gigs. And I always tell him and he thinks it's funny, but I'm, I think he started to do it. I said, TJ take screenshots of your denial emails and save them in a folder or put them on your background wallpaper because you need to make sure that you use that for whatever you feel like it can give you, you know, or if, even if you don't want to use it, it'll be great to look back at it one day, you know? And I think at one point he was chuckling that now he's, he literally, I think he may have like a small little folder off to the side in his iPhone of the, of these denials. And I know I do, and it's just something that, so I get it from that sense. That's kind of why I said like, wh- whatever these guys need from a yeah. self motivation standpoint, I can relate to that. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, but I feel like you save some receipts on people telling you that you shouldn't go off in your own business to creating a content company and that you would need to go back to radio or some other place. I know you've, I know you've kept those. Cause I think I've seen you post them on Instagram and Facebook. I, I think, Probably. You're probably right. Yeah. What's funny about it is I don't even need to like file those away that they, they come in weekly. Like, oh, still? I get new ones. Oh yeah. People still think that, you know, what we're doing isn't real. So, Hey, oh, you know, that's their prerogative. They can believe that, you know, we're having such a blast. We're coming up on one year since we launched our show, which is pretty crazy. And what's also pretty wild is that since we launched our show and we've committed to, you know, daily content year round, we have yet to take a vacation where both of us were off the clock and that changes this coming week, which I know we're both excited about, but I just thought about that. We've both had our times, right? We've both left the country. We've both had time with family. We've, we've both, you know, gone completely off the grid, but at different times separately. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's going to be both. And and I'm, I'm pumped for that. But the content's still going to be coming in. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Moore, Jeff Zarebeck, a mailbag episode. So all that's still coming. And we do have some quick hits before we jump as well. Yeah. It sounded like we were wrapping up. I was like, wait, we got three quick hits. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hit up the first one. So according to Ann Rappaport, the Patriots have signed wide receiver Devontae Parker. He's got a three year new contract worth up to 33 million. I bring that up 
because we all know in Baltimore, the DeAndre Hopkins watch never ends until he signs with another team. And we know he took a visit. Um, he took a visit up to the Patriots. He also visited uh, the Titans. But it sure seems to me that if you're going to sign Devontae Parker, I think that that money for, for D-Hop may be gone. Another team off the list, right? And, and yep. he was one, perhaps, maybe, perhaps, you, you'd think. And, and that was one of the teams that one week, uh, we got to go be going back maybe two weeks or so now, that he had an official visit with. The other was Tennessee. So as we creep closer and closer to camp, you know, put that list out there. I'd have to think that, you know, that that list is dwindling week by week. So that is that. In other news, D. Maurice Smith, the uh, former NFL PA executive director, he announced on Wednesday that Lloyd Howell has been elected as his new replacement. Howell is set to succeed, of course, you know, the current executive di- director in Smith, who held the title since 2009. Uh, Smith had informed the players ahead of his latest re-election in 2021 that it would be his final term. So this didn't come as a surprise. As for Howell, uh, he earned an MBA from Harvard Business School after graduating from UPenn. And he's held a variety of leadership roles, most recently as chief financial officer and treasurer at Booz Allen Hamilton Incorporated. So Probably a good change of scenery for for Smith. It was a rough last year or so dealing with everything that we covered um, with the quarterback market and guaranteed contracts and and you name it. He probably had his name out there a little bit more than he would have liked. Um, how do you think you'll be remembered? Um, I mean, I don't know how he'll be remembered by everybody, but um, I know in Baltimore, there's already some tweeting like, you know, he tried to ruin the negotiations between Lamar and the Ravens and it didn't it didn't work. So I don't know if I want to go that far. But um, yeah, he was definitely pushing fully guaranteed contracts. I know that he thought that there was like an opening with Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar was like, I think his his he wanted to leave that legacy. He, he, he had already announced that he was going to be stepping down even before, I think, before the season. Um, so I think he really wanted to leave that legacy. And, um, you know, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have hated it. I just think if you do it, you've got to change how the, the salary cap works. Um, so, um, yeah. So that's how I'll remember him is just like his work with with Lamar. And and, you know, you just wonder how much of an impact he had. I, I don't know, but I do know based off of reports sounds like he he had some influence in the beginning but not so much towards the end um all right last quick hit um police have revealed the cause of what we now know as the tragic death of ray lewis the third uh it was the the cause of death was reported by tmz and doctors say that it was an accidental overdose so, um, yeah, our hearts, our prayers, our condolences. I, I just still I just cannot imagine what Ray Lewis and his family are feeling. I don't know what it is about this time of year, Bobby. It just feels like there's always tragic news in in June. I mean, you know, June and July, Ryan Mallett we had uh, yesterday, last year, as we know. Uh, there was, you know, Tony Saragusa, Ferguson. It just is. It's just a. It's just a tough time. I don't know what it is about this time, but 
um, yeah, hearts go out to Ray Lewis and I hope that, um, he and his family find the strength to, uh, overcome this. And along those same lines, as we kind of get ready to head into a, a holiday weekend, I wanted to share this tweet that went viral from a, a meteorologist in Southwest Florida. His name is Matt Devitt. You can find him on Twitter uh, at Matt Devitt Wink. Uh, he wrote, uh, and it's an unbelievable photo uh, that shows. Yeah, you got to see the photo. It's yeah. un. It, it is literally bone chilling to to look at this. That this knowing what happened to Ryan. If 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 obviously Ryan hadn't gotten caught in one of these rip currents, uh, you would have looked at it and just been like, "Wow!" If you, especially if you're like a nature person outdoorsy, you'd be like, "Wow, this isn't this is an unbelievable photo." But now it's just it, it's it's almost gut wrenching to look at knowing that Ryan's not the only one that really uh, you know lost his life in the last couple of weeks to a rip current. So anyway, the the photo shows legitimately one, two, three, four. I mean, it has to be 20 plus rip currents um, in the the Florida panhandle. Yeah. Yeah. In the Florida panhandle in Alabama, 11 people have died in just two weeks, uh, including unfortunately, Ryan Mallett, former Ravens quarterback. And so Matt just shows, tells everybody, please follow beach advisories and warnings. Rip currents, not hurricanes are the statistically number one weather related killer along the northern Gulf Coast. So I know there's going to be a lot of coming and goings over July 4th week. You're probably going to be spending some time on beaches. I don't know if you know our audience is definitely head, you know heading down south this time of year, but whatever, wherever you are, just be mindful of your surroundings. Be mindful of where you are uh, because Ryan was a 6'6", well over 200 plus pound frame kind of guy. This <laughs> yeah. can happen to anybody. So just be yeah. careful. Yeah, 1000%. I'm I I'm glad you shared that. I didn't even I didn't even think to put that in the lineup. So I'm glad you edited it in. And with that, I think we'll close down this Thursday Morning Vault episode. We appreciate you guys so much like we mentioned at the top. Tanner Mashburn is the title sponsor of this episode and if you're interested as a small business owner and checking out what we're offering to get more involved and in promoting what you do, Uh, locally in the community, whether it's in Baltimore or beyond, uh, you can do so by checking out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. We always love to hear feedback from you Uh, via email. You can reach us or hit us up on Twitter as well, if that's better for you. Uh, But by email, we can be reached at uh, Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. You may have noticed a little bit of a format change, just a temporary experiment. We're kind of seeing how you guys respond to this, how we like it on the back end, Um, you know, and all, you know, in full transparency, it, it does kind of open up our days a little bit more and we can have more time with family and stuff. So we're just kind of, teeter, you know, what, what do they call it? Tweaking and, and checking things out, experimenting. So we'd love to hear from you guys as always. And we always read your, just because you don't hear from us um, doesn't mean that, you know, we don't read and acknowledge and respect your feedback uh, wherever that falls, you know, positive, negative or anywhere in between. So thank you guys so much. Tomorrow, meaning uh, Friday the 30th, we will have another snippet that teases next week's conversation that will be released in full with the Athletics' Jeff Zarebek, who had actually a a great little role cameo there in the Ravens Wired segment that we shared earlier on. So, So go check that out. Jeff's awesome. He provided us with so much great insight, 50 plus minutes worth of his time 
uh, in the offseason. And we know that as a beat reporter, uh, he's trusted, he's consistent, he's reliable, uh, and he is about as plugged in as it gets. So with that, for my co-host, Sarah Ellison, we are signing off. I am Bobby Trossett, and this is your Thursday Morning Vault episode. Thanks so much for being with us, and we will talk to you on Friday morning.